Hello, Gospel Community Leaders. This is Mark, Pastor Mark, and I'm checking in here uh, a night after our Gospel Community Leaders meeting. We did this on Zoom on uh, Sunday, August 22nd, and uh, like a ding-dong, I totally forgot to hit record. Um, I think I've been happily out of practice with the Zoom calls and uh, so forgot to hit record on that. So what I'm going to do here is just kind of talk you through what we talked about in that meeting. Um, So what you'll miss is some of the Q&A that we did and all that kind of a thing. Um, But this will give you all the information that you would have had had you been able to make that meeting. And so I'm just laying this out to make sure that we're all on the same page as we head into the fall. Um, You guys have been with us through so many things. I'm so thankful um, for everything that that honestly every single one of you has put into this. And um, I know there's still challenges ahead, um, but I'm looking forward to just getting us all on the same page, moving in the same direction, um, feeling like we kind of all know what's going on, um, what's expected of us, all that kind of a thing, so that we can have a really strong launch this fall and do the best that we can to care for people in a season that just continues to be uncertain and difficult. Um, So the first thing I want to do is we're actually, um, in a few weeks, we're going to be laying out um, the the mission and the values um, for the church. Um, It's nothing new. It's really like in line with with at least as long in the the six years that I've been part of Creekside Church. Um, It's really the same heartbeat and everything. But we're trying to clearly define that so that we can all be working in the same direction together um, and doing that really clearly. So We've been working on this behind the scenes, the staff and the elders, and praying through it a lot. And really, the idea is trying to make it concise and memorable so that we can all walk forward and have the same thing. So I want to kind of lay it out to you guys as our gospel community leaders just a little bit sooner than the rest of the congregation so that um, we can kind of see how what we're doing with gospel communities, and as we'll talk about in a second, discipleship groups too, how that fits into the overall mission of the church. Um, I think it's a really vital relationship. So everything I'm about to tell you is subject to some tweaking. Um, We have a couple more meetings where we're going to try to really hone this in and refine it, but I want to give you the idea. The idea will stay the same. So our mission, we want to say it like this. Our mission is we are glorifying God by finding life in Jesus together and inviting others to do the same. So glorifying God, obviously super important by finding life in Jesus together and inviting others to do the same. So the idea uh, that I love about this mission statement is the idea of finding life in Jesus. I mean, that is so much of what we're about. Um, And so any church you can say is about, needs needs to be about glorifying God and making disciples. Um, Man, that's so vital. The way that we see that happening through Creekside Church and and in us um, as leaders and as congregants and pastors and everything is all about finding life in Jesus. So it's getting to know him better. It's being connected to him. It's really that John 15 vine and branches analogy of we are finding that life in him. It's He's changing us constantly all the time. Um, and that's a lifelong process. But to unpack more of it, we're finding life in Jesus together. So um, that word together is so important here because um, many churches... Um, you know, they have this noble goal of finding life in Jesus, right? That's very important. But we're saying specifically and clearly finding life in Jesus together. This is something we don't just pursue as um, a few hundred separate individuals. This is something we do together. And so we lean in. Um, that makes sense on Sunday mornings. It makes sense in the context of our gospel communities. It makes sense in men's groups and nurture groups and everything. We're coming together and saying, this is something that we want to be about side by side, um, bearing each other's burdens 
spurring each other on, using our gifts to help shape each other as we try to find life in Jesus together. And then that last phrase, and we are inviting others to do the same, it simply means you know, that, that we as a church, we are about together, I mean, we're, we're pursuing, we're finding this life in Jesus, but that's not all of it, right? We're also inviting other people in to do that. So that, those people we invite... Other members of our church congregation, absolutely, um, but also people that live around us, you know. And it's saying, you know, we don't need a marketing campaign, we don't need um, some kind of big um, sales pitch or manipulative thing. It's just saying, hey, we are finding life in Jesus um, in this community. We are finding life in Jesus, and we just want to invite you into that. We want you to invite you to experience it too. Um, and I, I believe that people will as we do that. So th- there you go. There's our mission statement. It might tweak a little bit from there, as I said, um, but I think that's the gist of it. And I'm I'm excited to have that rolled out and to kind of set that path clearly. Um, Now, along with that mission statement, we've got three values that we're trying to hone in on. These three values are going to help um, just set the course of like, this is what it's going to feel like. This is kind of what it will be like as we do that. So value number one is gospel. And the statement here is, we are shaped by the gospel in everything. Okay. So this gospel value is so vital. Um, I mean, this is everything. It's, it's, you know, we have it on the, on the wall in the church building. Jesus saves, right? It's huge. It's important. So that idea of the gospel shapes everything we do. Um, I mean, we're believing, you know, every, everything against legalism and moralism and achievement. Um, it's all about the grace of God and saving us. It's all about Jesus' sacrifice and giving himself for us. It's all about finding life in him through the gospel, not through our own merit or achievement or anything, um, but just through his gospel. So that's a huge part of it, right? But the gospel shapes us in everything. So it's not just what we believe, it's also how we live. We want to live gospel-shaped, gospel-centered lives. Um, And that's going to be true uh, on Sunday mornings. It's going to be true as we live together in community, in our neighborhoods. It's going to be true in our daily lives when we're at work and with our families and all these things. Um, But it also looks like, you know, being shaped by the gospel and everything means the gospel is going to be a key part of our life. It's going to be central. And so every Sunday we're teaching out of the word of God, which is really the gospel. The word of God lays out in the fullest depth imaginable what the gospel is. So we are a, a church that's committed to teaching from the Bible and letting ourselves be shaped by that. Um, we're a community that worships together um, in response to what the Bible says and um, and what we find there and, and how we live and all those kinds of things. And so gospel in a really broad sense of, man, so many things that come to bear with that. We're shaped by it and everything. So value one is gospel. Value two is invitation. You can see a little bit of this already in our mission statement, um, finding life in Jesus together and inviting others to do the same. So second value, we want to make it explicit, invitation. So the statement here, we foster a culture of invitation and sending. And here, this core is just saying, this core belief, this value is just saying, um, we're not a church that's about marketing to people, um, whether that's our own members, you know, through just purely, you know, everything we do is just announcements on Sunday or it's mailers sent out to the community. No, we want to be a church of invitation. And so that looks like, yes, we will announce things and everything, but um, we want to be people of personal invite and saying, hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you do it with me? Um, And that can be true of people that have been part of the church for 30 years, or it could be true of people that you have never met before and just saying, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm doing this gospel community. I'm doing this Bible study. Would you like to do it with me? Um, So that culture of invitation and that looks like us out in our neighborhoods too. It's it's not coming to people with a huge agenda of saying, "Hey, I'm here to convert you," but saying, "Hey, we're we've got this community. Um, hey, we're eating a meal together. We're doing things together. We're finding life in that. Ultimately, that's through Jesus." We just want to invite you, if if you want to, to be part of that, to 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 be part of a group that you can belong to. That that's an appealing 
compelling type of a group. And so that idea of invitation and sending um, is, I think, really important. We're sending each other out to go invite people in, and that's within our own church family, and it's without. So value two is invitation. Value one was gospel, and value three now is empowerment. Um, And the statement here is, we each use our gifts as God empowers Um, And this is so vital as well. Um, This is the culture, the heart of our church in so many ways where we are saying we don't want it to, we don't ever want to be a a, a church that's about one person that's up front, one personality. Um, We don't want it to be about just an elder team, just a staff team, just a bunch of gospel community leaders. We're a church that's all about empowerment. So we want to look at each member and say, this is a a gift, someone that God crafted and made and entrusted to our church family, right? Right. And someone that we know from 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, someone in whom the Spirit of God dwells and who has um, invested his spirit with supernatural empowerment. And, and our body, our church family does not function as God intended without all of that coming together, without each member being in play there. And so um, more and more and more, always more, we want to be uh, not just inviting people in, not just shaped by the gospel, not just inviting people in, but also seeing people empowered by the spirit of God and using their gifts. And I want that reflected on Sunday, and we're going to do more and more things to see that reflected on Sunday mornings, um, but definitely in the context of our gospel communities, we want an opportunity for people to be um, shaped and um, challenged and given an opportunity and empowered, um, definitely by us as we kind of offer people opportunities and and try to invest in them, but more so and more profoundly true, empowered by the Spirit of God as He works in ministry. Okay, so there you go. That's, that's kind of where we're headed on that front. Um, mission, vision, and I hope you can see in that all those things we're talking about are so deeply true of gospel communities and discipleship groups. And I would argue we cannot accomplish a mission like that. And we cannot fully embody values like that with only Sunday morning programming. It requires our strong presence from gospel communities and discipleship groups. And so now that I'm saying that, I want to just jump into a little bit of the the new structure. Now, um, uh, ideally, you've listened to the um, four training podcasts. They're on the podcast prior to this, um, where Pastor Nathan and I have talked through just some of the different aspects, some of the changes. But real briefly, what we're doing is we're just trying to be honest and say, hey, um, you know, years ago when we rolled this out, social space, sacred space, and public space too. And and we had that those ideas in play. You guys were all champs. Um, we did a lot of talking around the terminology. Um, what Nathan found as he came in was um, hey, there's a lot of confusion over what these terms mean. So he it took him a while to kind of get his head around, okay, what are we doing here? And how does this work? And what does that look like practically? And then as he talked to um, all of you guys, uh, various leaders, and asked, like, what does that look like in your group, um, found a lot of um, confusion and also just um, lack of calibration group to group on what does it look like. And so there were some groups that were doing the social space really well. There were some groups that were doing the sacred space really well. A few that were doing both great. Um, but what we tended to find was um, we've kind of gone in one or of the two directions already. And so we want to just help um, bring some clarity to all that and um, and just say, hey, your group is either a gospel community or it's a discipleship group or a third option. It could be both. It definitely could be. But just changing the terminology a little bit is going to help us see how all the pieces fit together. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. So both types of groups, um, if your group meets primarily, and we're saying like twice a month to do um, social gatherings, meets around a meal um, for the purpose of connecting and investing in relational connection, all that kind of stuff. 
That's the gospel community. And we invite you to be welcoming and inviting into that space. If your group meets primarily um, a couple times a week or, or a couple times a month or more, to uh, jump into some kind of curriculum and dive into some sort of discipleship. That's the discipleship group, and it can be both. And I just want to say, like, really clearly, these groups have equal value. Okay, they're so—both of them are so important and so vital to what we want to accomplish in our church family and as we look at blessing the community around us. And so um, don't feel like, you know, if we're asking you to kind of choose which way it is, don't feel like you need to be apologetic or embarrassed— they, each type of thing has its value. We need both. So um, I'm excited to get that um, rolling. What we'll do is we're going to list um, both types of groups on the site. I'm going to work on that this week, and we'll have it ready um, by the 29th when we have the Gospel Community Fiesta, which I'll talk about in a second. And uh, we'll have you know our cards and everything else that we allow people to kind of see what types of group. And if your group is both, it'll be listed as both. Um, I think what, what I want to say here is some of you guys, you're, you're on the front lines with um, a whole church family where we have um, spelled out what this thing looks like as sacred spaces and social spaces, and now we're asking you to change the terminology. So I know for some of you, it is going to be stepping into some confusion. Um, and so what I want to ask is, please help us through some temporary confusion for the sake of long-term clarity. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're going to experience. So the, in some of your groups where you've used language like social space and sacred space and used it because, by the way, I and Pastor Ryan and, and, and all the elders, we gave you that terminology and we ran with it and it served us um, well for a time. Um, you've taught the, your people that thing. It's, it's going to keep being in play. People are going to be using terms like social space and sacred space. It's totally fine. I, I still have people refer to growth groups. And in my six years at Creekside, we've never had growth groups, you know? So sometimes terminology just sticks around and that's totally fine. You don't need to chastise or correct anybody. We're just going to start using new terminology moving forward. So that will create some confusion in the short run, but I am confident it's going to lead to greater clarity uh, long-term. And I think it'll help us accomplish our mission more effectively as well. All right, so now I want to talk through um, the Gospel Community Fiesta. So hopefully um, you're able to listen to this before the fiesta. If not, um, fast forward a bit or uh, uh, just listen in and and wistfully remember what this thing was like. But um, here we go. Um, The Gospel Community Fiesta, August 29th. um, We're going 6 to 8 p.m. It's going to be out in the parking lot. Um, It looks like it's going to be a warm day, but I, I promise you I've tested it out, been out there at the time of day that we're doing this, even on like 105 day. And um, honestly, by 6 p.m., it was like it was like reasonably nice out there. It's shaded, and the air's not that warm. We might have a little bit of back sweat, but we can handle it for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of connecting our church family. So, um, so the idea there is we, we'll be out there. I would love for you to invite your group members um, to join you. Okay, so we have like a couple days left on that. Um, it, like honestly, up until the moment of. If you have people that you're that you're finding they would like to join, um, get them there. Like that would be great to have them there. So encourage them to jump in, um, sign up, and join us for that. Um, it's going to be a great time. So we're asking people to uh, pay 15 bucks. It's going to be um, street catered street tacos. It's going to be amazing, and um, and it's going to be just a nice setting out there. And um, so get your group members to come. Um, we're also going to have like people that are interested in joining groups there and also people that are probably too busy, but either way, um, get your group there if you can. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to have you guys wearing name tags. So you as gospel community leaders are going to wear name tags saying, um, 
you know, your name and it's going to have like a blue background to it. So people can tell your group leaders and you can explain like what type of group and what it looks like and all that kind of a thing. Um, but that'll just be an easy way to help people get connected. Um, we're also going to have cards, um, there so people can fill out their information and they can tell us everything from, I want to join this specific group to, Hey, I need a group that meets, you know, in this location or on this time and, and we'll connect with them and try to get them connected to you. We're going to have the same type of stuff on the website as well. Um, but, uh, but what I want you to do while you're there is, um, I want you to do your best as gospel community leaders or discipleship group leaders at doing some invitational mingling. Okay. And it's, it's the same kind of tension that I have when I'm, um, at one of my own gospel community, um, parties that we throw, um, I'm sitting there talking to somebody and man, every single person there I could spend hours just talking to, enjoying them. Um, but I'm doing that and I'm also have one eye open for someone that's, uh, they're at the party, they're at the meal, um, hanging out and not really engaging with anybody. And so sometimes I'm going to cut a conversation short so that I can go say hi to somebody, or I'll just kind of grab somebody and like, Hey, I want you to meet so-and-so. Um, so I would love for you, you know, when your group shows up, get them a table together, um, help the, everyone to get city together, but do your best just to invite people in, invite people to sit at your table with you, find those people that look like they don't know anybody there at the moment. And, um, man, if you meet someone that's been part of the church forever, I, I like just this week, I embarrassed myself by introducing myself to someone for like the third time. And it really is embarrassing. Like I should know better. And I, I hate what that communicates to somebody. Um, but at the same time, it's way better than me going 10 years, not like knowing somebody just because I was afraid that maybe I've already met them before. And I want to encourage all of us to have that invitational feel. So I want that to, to see that on uh, Sunday night. And then I want to ask you to um, do your best to get people's info, um, even if it's not for your group. So if you talk to someone, you find out, oh, yeah, our group probably isn't best for you. Um, you can make a personal connection to someone else's group that you think might be good for them or um, just get their information. If you can get their information, we can reach out to them. And I think that the fewer barriers we have to people walking away from that evening without giving us the contact info so that we can follow up so that we can help them get connected. People will sometimes muster the courage to say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And it just doesn't take much to derail them from that. So I want to just encourage you, um, do your best. The more cards we get with people's contact info on it and anything we know about what kind of group they'd want to get in, um, connected to, um, the better we're going to do it connecting our whole church family, which is going to be better for the sake of the bigger mission and all that. So please, um, do what you can to help me get as many of those as possible. Um, okay. So, um, the idea, so that that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of it, but I just want to zoom out real quick and just say the purpose of this fiesta is we're trying to kind of reinforce the family feel of our church. Okay. So there is a practical side where we're trying to get people connected to gospel communities and discipleship groups. Um, but big, bigger picture, um, this is a year where we've been isolated. And I'm, I'm using the word year loosely, right? Like 18 months, even a couple of years here where it's been a, a season of kind of disintegration a little bit. And um, and so we want to, we you know, when we've done things like fire pit nights and park nights and, um, you know, baptism day at the lake and stuff, it I, it's amazing to see how much people are hungry for connecting with each other. And um, so as much as I love and I think it's vital that we have our groups thriving. So everyone's going off in the different corners of our communities, hosting meals in gospel communities and discipleship programs curriculum through discipleship groups. Um, it's also vital that we kind of come together and spend some time together and feel like a whole big family as well. And so um, I want to just uh, invite you to 
be there, get as many people there as you can so that we can really have that big family feel and just acknowledge like, hey, there's something cool here. I've shared this before, but it's definitely worth saying again, um, we're in this, like the church is, is got a weird makeup right now. And I'm, I'm saying the church, like church in America, at least. Um, I'm, I follow Barna statistics and they're talking about how, man, every church in America has had whole bunch of people leave and a whole bunch of people come. And, um, and it seems like church attendance overall across the board in America with a few exceptions is lower than it was before. And a lot of that's just COVID and a lot of it's political unrest and a lot of it's a lot of things probably. But I would say for us, um, we've had a lot of people step away. Now I say that some of you have groups where you've had a lot of people step away and it really is painful. And, um, man, I'm really sorry for that. I definitely share your pain is so sad for me every time that someone, um, gets called on to a different congregation. Um, but when I step back and I think about it, man, when there's, God's brought a whole lot of new people to our church in the last year. And when I think through those people, I think, man, God has given those people as a gift, um, to our church family. I mean, they're ready for it. God's primed them. There's a mission match that, um, that is just really, um, inspiring to me to see, man, God, you brought us the kind of person that's excited about the exact same thing that you've made our whole church family excited about. And so I can't be excited about those people coming in and joining us and saying, we're all about this mission and not be excited for the people that are, um, that have left Creekside and are finding that kind of excitement at another church. Um, it's hard. I think there's a bunch of different things to process. Um, but I just want to say like, we, we need to kind of own it, right? We're, we're in a season where we kind of have two churches within the church. There's all the people that have been a part of Creekside for more than two years. And there's the people that have been involved for less than two years. And it's, it's crazy. We're, we might be 50, 50 on that. And so I, I hope that Sunday night becomes uh, an event where we really just try to take a huge swing at, um, merging those two groups and, um, a whole lot more overlap between the old and the new and, um, just getting ourselves united, getting ourselves on the same page, making those connections. And that's really ultimately what I want Sunday night to be about is a night of introductions and a night of invitations, you know, where we're just introducing ourselves to as many people as we can. And we're giving invitations to, uh, join me in the things that I'm doing. All right, so I think that's about all I want to say about the uh, Gospel Community Fiesta. If you have questions about that, um, you can call me or email me or text me or something. Um, I want to just revisit the um, the podcast episodes. Nathan and I did um, did those. Um, you know, when we launched Gospel Communities like four years ago, we did um, four weeks of training with the Gospel Community leaders. And then another four weeks of training with our core teams, which is how we launched all these groups. Um, that was a whole lot of training that went into this whole thing. because so we were hoping to try to teach all of us um, how to think differently about what a, a group um, structure looks like and group functionality. Um, this time around, it, it, it is hard to get people together. Um, and we found that's hard. It's hard anyways. It's hard, especially with COVID. And so with the podcast episodes, we're hoping that that's just a way to um, do the training at everyone's own pace and then leave the door open for um, follow-up discussions. And so I'm very up for having follow-up discussions with you. Um, Nathan is out on family leave until maybe the first week in September. And, uh, and so when he's back, I mean, that's like literally his main responsibility is making sure you guys are good, making sure you have the training you need, making sure you have ways to get your questions answered. So in the short run, reach out to me. I'm here for you. Uh, in the longer run, we'll have you reach out to him, but also you can obviously always reach out to me 
the elders are super invested in this and want to be help, helpful in helping you process stuff too. So I just want you to know, um, one thing I'd like to be different about this year than previous years is just more leaning in, more reaching out um, for the sake of kind of coaching and calibrating and all those kinds of things. So please do listen to those podcasts, even if it's like, you know, um, even if you're way behind or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's kind of our training for this year, and it's going to help you get a feel for like, yes, this is what we're doing. This is what it looks like. Um, so jump in on those training podcast episodes, and um, and then please do like reach out. Like any questions that it raises, any processing of what does this look like for my group. I mean, we'd love to be here with you and all that. Um, this year, I want to encourage us as we look at like launching for the fall and everything. Last year, I felt like was a year of like let's just do the best we can here. You know, like we were all confused and tired and, um, and it was just, it was just weird. Right. And so you guys have been such a gift to me and just like, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll do the best I can. And I think we did that. We did the best that we could and there were wins and there were, um, probably some losses. Um, although I'm, I'm hesitant to characterize it as that this year, as I look, um, I see a bunch of people feeling a lot like I feel. Okay. Which is this, like, man, we've just been through a lot, you know, think of two years ago is when um, Pastor Ryan stepped down. And uh, so we entered a pastoral transition. Then just as we were getting that sort of buttoned up, um, COVID hit. And so we've just been through a whole weird season as a church um, with so many hard things. And I feel like it's been a couple of years of us saying like, okay, yeah, a little bit longer, we'll have this figured out. Okay, a little bit longer, we'll be back to normal. A little bit longer and we can do things the way that we used to or the way that we want to or do things with more effectiveness. And here we are two years later, and it still continues to be problematic and a struggle. And so what I want to encourage us to do is say, hey, this year, as we enter this year, there's still a lot of uncertainty still. Um, Let's do our best to be gentle with the people that God's given us. Just be so gentle with people. Everyone is exhausted, probably in ways that they themselves don't acknowledge or understand. So people are testy, they're flighty, they're noncommittal. Um, and so just be gentle with everybody. Um, we're going to do our best to be caring and inviting and everything else. Um, but just know, man, people are going to need a lot more grace. Um, and I'm saying that about the people in your group, the people you invite, the people in your neighborhood. Um, but I also just want to give you an invite to, um, be gentle with yourself too. Um, and that is one of the things I've been realizing myself is I've had these standards of what does it look like to, be a successful pastor or successful in my neighborhood, successful with my group, successful with my family. And this year has just wiped out all the metrics of ways that we tend to gauge things like that. And I would say even before that, um, a lot of these metrics and gauges are unhealthy and unhelpful and, uh, and one size fits all in a way that that isn't helpful. And so um, I am uh, realizing, man, I need to be gracious with myself. I need to be gentle with myself. I need to recognize that, um, you know, this is God's church. Um, we live in God's world. Um, this neighborhood, the, these communities we're part of, they belong to God. He has a thing that he wants to do there and he will use us for that. But he does not need us to be the ones that through our insane strategy and through our careful execution and through us burning the, the candle at both ends, accomplish something big. No, God is in control. He is working. And so I need to take, every time I, I'm trying to shoulder the burden of, I need to make this happen, um, I'm trying to do something that I think is God's job ultimately. And so I want to be available to him. I want to be faithful. I want to be present. 
Um, but there's a, there's a freedom we need to have this, this year, especially, and really every year, um, to just say, Hey, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to just care for these people the best I can. Um, I'm going to live life with them. I'm going to be frustrated with them. I'll be very gentle with them and with myself. Um, and we're just going to see what God does this year. I, I don't doubt for a second. I I fully expect that some big things are ahead. God is going to work in ways that we didn't expect. It may or may not align with our typical metrics for what we think a successful group looks like, but I think that God's just very unconcerned about um, hitting our objectives. So along with that, I I want us to be innovative this year. I think that what's been great about the last couple of years is... um, you all have um, been pretty innovative. You know, you've just figured out what can we do? What do my people need? Uh, you have great shepherding instincts. And so I would just say, fo- keep following those instincts, stay calibrated with Nathan, the elders, myself. Um, we'll get there with all of it, but be innovative. And, and, and we probably will learn this year some major tweaks to structural things that are going to help us in future training, help us in future years. And so um, just stick with that. We're going to be in great shape, I think. Um, and then and finally on this front, I'd love for us to go into this year with just a relaxed, confident intentionality, you know, where we're looking ahead and saying, hey, I want to I care well for this group of people this year. I want us to be a blessing to our friends and neighbors. Um, I want to invest in the discipleship of these people. Um, and, uh, and, but just doing that with a, a relaxed confidence, you know, of just, hey, this is, this is good. This is great. This is God's church. This is his people. Um, he's going to be with us in all of it. And so there's my invitation to you for this year. Um, and uh, man, I'm 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 excited to see um, what happens, but um, but let me, let me just give you one last piece, um, and and I kind of threw this at the end of our leaders meeting, um, and it's basically this: as we look at um, what we want a gospel community to be, one of the big things, and we did talk through this in one of the podcast episodes, is we want to be able to bless our community around us. In years past, before I got to Creekside, we would do things like we'd we'd adopt a school, and man, the whole church would come together for work day, um, new wood chips, painting the school, um, projects like that, and just bless bless that school um, to a high degree because we all work together on one project. Um, so there's a sense in which we've been toying with, okay, should we do that? Um, th- we've been playing with the idea of maybe that happens through gospel communities. Um, what I'd like to just challenge you with or, or put on offer to all of you is um, I would love for each of our groups, um, to whatever extent it's feasible, to keep your eyes open for projects, service projects, ways to bless the community. And so it's going to look different for each group, okay? So there's a couple groups that have zeroed in on, on one or two schools and saying, hey, we want to partner with teachers. Um, we want to partner with principals, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, I mentioned before that this, the Silva's group, um, they just looked at uh, their, their mobile home park and just said, hey, um, there's people here that need a bunch of stuff taken in the dump. Maybe we can partner with them. And they've been a huge blessing in investing in that community. Um, and, you know, uh, the Waltons group has looked at Trackside Church and just said, hey, here's a, here's a group of people that are living outdoors. Um, how can we bless them and just be with them and share the gospel with them? So I would love for us to kind of like lift our eyes up and think through, like in, a, in an intentional discussion with our gospel community saying, what needs are around us? How can we work together to serve? Um, and it doesn't have to be just the people in your group, whether it's a discipleship group or especially a gospel community um, how can we serve and bless? It doesn't have to just be your group because you'll find there's a lot of people that you could invite in to that type of a service opportunity. Um, so Mike Gerald, we had him share with us a, a year ago, basically for training. 
And he said, what he's found is you can get, you know, you've got your church people. He says, you can get uh, unchurched people to do two things with you, usually pretty easily. They're willing to eat with you, like party with you. And they're also willing to serve with you. And, um, and I think he's right about that. And so if we have the right um, service opportunities, we can invite people in our neighborhoods um, to do that with us. Um, and I think that's going to be a beautiful thing to see that start to happen. Because um, we're, we're really about, you know, the same thing. We're, we're for the good of the community, that kind of a thing in those senses and, and on the scale of these projects. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but the other side of it is, okay, that's us as individual small communities trying to be a blessing in our neighborhoods. Um, and different opportunities that we see. But I think we need to also recognize that we're also part of a bigger family, which is our whole Creekside family. And there's things that we cannot do um, on a small scale in our gospel communities that we can do really well on the whole church scale. Um, And so thinking of the school example, maybe there is a way that your gospel community could partner with the school, send encouraging notes to teachers, um, find ways to come up with gift cards, something like that to bless teachers. Um, whatever it is, your group has the relational connection to that church, but your group can stand there and say, Hey, we're also part of a larger group, a larger church body. So is there a way that we can invite the rest of the church family into something, um, and really, uh, bless them? So here's what happened with the Silvas. They had this relationship in their mobile home park. They found a need and then they invited the church family to come in haul a bunch of stuff to the dump. It was a bigger scale project and it only worked because they invited other people into it. Um, those are the resources we have as a church family is we can do a bigger thing together. So I want to challenge you to pick a project, start relationally. Um, and then when you find ways that you could invite the whole church family in, um, talk to Nathan, talk to myself, talk to some of the elders. We would love to rally the troops and be very intentional about doing that, saying this is who we are as Creekside as a whole. Let's get rally around. And then when that big party leaves, you know, we do um, painting or wood chips or whatever it is. When we leave, there still is a group of people through a gospel community that's there maintaining those relationships, caring for those people. Um, I think it's a beautiful approach. So I don't want to add a whole bunch to your plates, but I would love to see this become sort of our mode of loving and blessing the people um, in our community, Um, doing it as small families within a big family and finding ways to make that work. Okay. So that's it. Thank you guys for um, sticking with me for this 35 minutes. And uh, I hope that answers questions that you have, but I assume it doesn't answer everything. So um, I'm here. I'm around. Um, Reach out to me. I'd love to talk. And Pastor Nathan, as I said, we'll be back um, around the first week of September. And so we'll, um, we'll get in touch with him. He'll be checking in with all of you, asking how the launch is going, everything else. I'm looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible at the Fiesta. And man, again, just I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm praying for all of you constantly as we look to launch in yet another uncertain season, but a season where I'm confident that God wants to do big things. So love you all. Thanks for your time. I'll see you around.